to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. During my time at culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer, and I continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU. Since then, I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week, I will have a different guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world from brewers, importers, educators, and this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So on this somewhat uh, bleak, rainy Monday morning, I am joined in the studio by Christian Lakey and Brett Robison. These are the co-founders of the impending uh, brewery up in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, Silver Branch Brewing Company. And Brett, you have already been on the show, so welcome back. Thanks for having us. And Christian, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having us. So this past week, we had uh, Thanksgiving, and last show, we you know kind of dug into some beer pairings. Um, but what did you two, did you two have a good uh, Thanksgiving? Absolutely. It was a nice week, and like it always is, lots of family time. A um, little more downtime this Thanksgiving than we expected to, thinking we were going to be a little further along in opening the brewery. So I uh, had some nice combination of time with family and, uh, and getting some spreadsheets done. <laughs> nice. Bright, good, good holiday for you? Yeah, I think I mostly just lounged on the couch and enjoyed some football and beer nice. for most of the day. What were you drinking? What, was some, uh, what were some of your highlights? So my daytime beer was uh, Pilsner Urquell. Nice. My uh, dad went to the store and picked up a, um, uh, like a four pack that had kind of retro labels on it, which was pretty cool. So a little bit of a collector element there, but it was just a great beer to drink. And then I couldn't resist buying a, count, a bottle of uh, Bourbon County and opening up that later in the evening with some other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Black Friday, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Christian, any fun beer for you this, uh, this past week? Yeah, I'm uh, really enjoying the Ruru Saison that uh, Astrolab uh, that just opened up in Silver Spring is putting out. Nice. So I had a, a glass of that. And then, uh, like Brett, I couldn't resist one of my favorite seasonal beers, which is the Golden Carolus uh, wintertime beer that mm-hmm. I just saw at uh, Costco last week. And so I had to grab a bottle of that. They have it at Costco? Uh, they do. <laughs> yeah. I was down in D.C. Um, at Lowe's and just oh, decided wow. to go see what they had over at Costco. Up in the game at Costco. Um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed this one beer. It's uh, the Rusty Nail from Fremont Brewing in Seattle, Washington. It is a beer that I wouldn't, I mean, it's not typically, it's a, it's a bourbon barrel aged stout with licorice and cinnamon, which is totally not in the realm of things that I typically enjoy. But, um, you know, a mutual friend of ours had made a pretty delectable chocolate pie and uh, chocolate cream pie. And it was surprisingly, uh, I mean, bourbon barrel aged out with chocolate is kind of a no-brainer pairing. But 
um, yeah, the, the licorice was tempered and the cinnamon came through pretty nicely. Um, I was surprised. It's nice when you have a spiced beer that is uh, well integrated like that. Yeah. Uh, those sweet spices can be very difficult to get just so. And uh, it's nice to hear. I'll have to take a look, uh, see if I can find that one and, and try it. Yeah, it was actually kind of nice. And like the, the cinnamon was just at a level where like the su- like that sweetness from the bourbon barrel wasn't overwhelming. It was it was very nicely tempered. So mm. I was like, all right, I can... I can do this. Sounds okay. delicious. I did like half a glass and then, you know, it was like nine point something and I was like, all right. I'm Sounds like a seriously someone. awesome pairing. It was great. It was a really great pairing. And then, of course, my day, my day beer was Founders All Day IPA because it says it in the name. You drink right. it all day. Right? And, and you need an all day yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah, you need an all day beer. I had to cook. I was, you know, around heat and chopping things. I don't want to go too crazy, right? <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the elephant in the room here. So... Your brewery scheduled to originally open at some point. Right around know, now. Right around now. Today. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to be open today. It was supposed to be open today. Or a few months ago, maybe, at one and, point in time. <laughs> I mean, hey, everybody in this area knows that, you know, it's, hey, we're going to open at this point, And then, oh, no, we're going to open at this point. Uh, no, we're going to open at this point. So at this point, you can tentatively say it will be open. We're thinking mid-January. Mid to late January. Mid to late January. Yeah, we're taking delivery of the uh, brew house um, uh, first or second week of December. So December 10th is when we start to have all the really big equipment come in. And then they're going to, you know, install it and get everything all set up. So hopefully right before Christmas or maybe just after uh, the the brewery will be functioning. Okay. Well, the brewery will be installed. Yeah. You know, have to install the boiler in early January uh, because we're waiting on the flu for the boiler. So we'll get all the elements connected to the brewery in, in early January. So what has caused the delay for you guys in particular? Oh, it's just been a death by a thousand cuts. Okay. Really. Uh, there's not any particular thing that caused it. We ended up waiting for a very long time on a structural uh, study that had to be done to make sure that the columns in the building were strong enough to support all of the weight we're going to be putting in there. We're installing a brewery with 45 barrel fermenters in an office tower. And yeah. it's not a foregone conclusion that the building could support all the extra weight that we're bringing in. So that took a long time. Um, just getting to lease took a long time. And then we've just had a few things. The Getting our building permit from the county took longer than anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, our contractor just made a, a mistake pouring our floor. Uh, the sloping wasn't quite right, and so that added a couple of weeks. And so you just add everything together, and it begins to turn into weeks, and then it turns into months. And um, here we are. Yeah. I do think we're more confident now in the mid to late January time frame mm-hmm. than we've been in the past when we've had a predicted delivery date just yeah. because with the floor having been reinforced the floor had to be raised by about three feet with structural steel to carry all the extra weight we're bringing in that's done they have a plan for fixing the floor uh, all of the elements of the brewery are being finished now the piping's being run the electricity is being run so it's starting to feel like really it's it's real this time uh, and you're so you're opening up this brewery in an office park it's just steps from the Silver Spring Metro, which is great for yeah. people. <laughs> I was so excited when I got my phone out and filmed myself walking from the Metro up to our space, and it took me a minute and three seconds. Yeah. So, so we're literally, literally that close to the Metro station. And it's a cool location, because you are. It's in this, like, very, uh, you know, it's an office park, and it looks like a like an office park with no, 
You know, this isn't like a, a warehouse in the middle of nowhere. This isn't, you know, a farmhouse that'll take you, you know, an hour to drive to, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. This is right in the thick of things. And so you guys are going to be, you know, kind of trying to create that brewery experience in a kind of unconventional spot. One of my favorite things is, uh, you know, there's a show on Netflix right now. It's called like Amazing Interiors. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me for watching. I'm judging <laughs> you. You're so judged right now. <laughs> but um, it's cool because what it is is it's a show that shows a house that has an exterior that looks one way, and then you go inside, and it's like, oh my gosh, it opens up, and it's this sort of uh, totally different space than what you anticipated. And mm-hmm. I think that's to some extent the experience people are going to have when they come to Silver Branch because you sort of only see the front end and then as you look down this seemingly never-ending kind of curve around the building you walk further back and you're like oh my gosh there's this huge brewery here so I'm actually really excited about that element because it kind of takes you by surprise but in a positive way you're like wow this is awesome. Yeah, I got a little bit of a sneak peek uh, when you guys did the tour, and it's a, it is a deceptively massive space. You know, from the outside, it looks much, much smaller. So Every I, time I somebody see. says that, it makes us nervous. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. So what is, what, is something like, what is something that you learned throughout this process that maybe you'd want to pass on to you know, other people trying to open up breweries? What is something that completely snuck up on you? I would say the one thing that is was a major learning process for us was coming up with names for beers and the whole naming process Mm -hmm. because when you're homebrewing you're kind of like oh i'm just gonna kind of have a fun name and it comes to you pretty readily and you just sort of roll with it and it's not consequential but when you come up with names for beers that you're making you have to think well this is what i think it means but what does anybody else think it means and then what is then in turn the meaning that we're going to attach to it. Oh, and by the way, um, can we even use that name? Cause we had many times over where we would find names that we loved, mm-hmm. but they were already used or we couldn't trademark them. Um, so I think the, the whole naming process, I really enjoy it, but I learned way more about linguistics and trademark law than I ever anticipated learning about. <laughs> so I think something we've been surprised by is what, different names communicate to different people and Mm -hmm. how something that you think is just going to be very obvious means nothing to somebody else. And so we've had to really go back and forth on a lot of names because we've had differing opinions on on a name between the two of us and then we've gone out to other people and they've had a different take again. And just the emotional impact of a name is something you cannot anticipate um, just based on your own experience and your own, own world view. So can you, give, can you give me an example without giving away too many trade secrets? Well, one name that I thought was clever and liked a lot um, derives from um, The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea. Classic of, movie. Everyone should see it. <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, at, at least I thought it was a classic movie that everybody had seen. And so I thought calling the Whitbeard Edelwit would be <laughs> a fun play on words. Yeah, like and, Edelweiss. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, wit means white. Vice means white. And so mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, this is going to make a lot of sense. Um, but it turns out that it doesn't resonate very well with people who are of uh, substantially amount younger than I am, so apparently not everybody sees the sound of music growing up any longer. So it just didn't doesn't didn't make sense to a lot of people. <laughs> but that was just one example of a name that I thought was going to be a, a slam dunk, and it turns out it just didn't actually go anywhere at all. 
Yeah. I gotcha. And all the names I came up with involve, you know, lasers and exploding rockets, and mm-hmm. most of those have been <laughs> thrown out. So, <laughs> But maybe. Maybe we'll have a triple IPA called Lasers and Rockets someday. Oh, man. And of course, the biggest, uh, the biggest name experience was just um, realizing that the name that we had gotten an actual uh, certificate of allowance from the trademark uh, office on could end up not being usable because we got a cease and desist from another company. And like Brett was saying, learning about trademark law, you realize, oh, it doesn't necessarily matter if you have permission to use a name as long as another company that has more money and um, you know, an actual revenue stream tells you not to use it because you can't afford to fight them even if you think you're in the right. Mm. Um, and it kind of cracks me up because... Um, you know, one of the lessons we've learned is that sometimes when people say something who have already opened a brewery, you should pay attention. And I remember early on, uh, Justin down at uh, Atlas told me that we should find a name that was a completely made up name and just stick with it because we didn't want to end up having to fight any trademark battles with anybody. And of course, we didn't listen and we didn't find a name that was a made up name that actually made sense to us. So we, you know, came up with a name that we thought worked and went through the process, and then not very many months later, we actually got a cease and desist, and we're wishing, oh, we should have listened to Justin. (laughs) So, uh, and for those of you just tuning in, I am talking with Christian and Brett, co-founders of the soon-to-open Silver Branch Brewing Company in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, So you're talking about your beers a little bit. Uh, What are some styles that you're going to be focusing on, or kind of what what is the ethos of of the beer that you're going to be producing? I think first and foremost, um, especially true of our flagships, those are beers that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you really want to put out something that you have a strong kind of fond memory of. Um, and a lot of that comes from uh, separately our, our travels um, overseas and getting to experiencing these things, uh, you know, in, in real life, IRL, as you will. Um, nope. <laughs> what are the so what are the flagships again you have a, a tropical stout we have a tropical stout that's called chronicle mm-hmm. we have a belgian style wit beer that's mm-hmm. called woodside white and woodside is a neighborhood that's directly adjacent to our, our brewery um, we have a czech style pilsner that we're calling glass castle and we have a um why am i blanking on this last east one? coast ipa oh, called quantum shift yeah. nice yeah uh and so why are you, um, you know, why aren't you just opening up with a, a slew of double IPAs that are all hazy? That's, that's what the kids are drinking. So we have a philosophy on beer that, uh, well, so we, we love the fact that beer is sort of the every, every person's drink. It's mm-hmm. the working class drink. It was also enjoyed by aristocrats. It was just everybody drinks beer. It was never um, one of these beverages that was, you know, sort of something that was only, um, available to one class or another. And so we really wanted to find four of these everyday drinking beers that people around the world enjoyed. And um, we love double IPAs, triple IPAs, imperial stouts, all those kinds of things. But we really wanted to have our flagships be these beers that everybody drinks. And I was really surprised when I started working for Gordon Beers to learn that the majority of people, when they come in, they want that beer that they know that they love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's totally different from how I drink. I'm always looking for the beer I haven't had before. Um, I just really want to go out there and explore the entire world of, of beers and flavors. But it turns out most people just want their favorite. And uh, so we wanted to find beers that would be those favorites uh, and beers that have been demonstrated by generations of beer drinkers to be favorites that have just stood the test of time and to really celebrate those. 
And so we are, as our underpinning, uh, we have four, the four major beer cultures of the world, Central Europe, Belgium, Britain, and the United States, or the Americas more broadly. And so we wanted to find one of those everyday drinking beers from each of those four cultures and have those be our flagships. The other kind of key point that we were getting at as well is all of our flagships are relatively sessionable beers. Mm-hmm. And a big part of what we want to do is recreate that kind of pub culture that you might get in you know the uk as an example so the ability to sit around and um, have conversation with friends and drink a pint or two and live to tell the tale not (laughs) have one and then have to find a means to get home uh, right away because you know when you're drinking eight percenters you can't really drink a whole lot or at least i can't drink too much of that no No, I like that. I I, I appreciate what you guys are doing with that. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with uh, Beer Me on Full Service Radio. Man, if you don't know what ghetto style means by now, I guess we're just going to have to break it down for you. Rock the beat! Welcome back to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recording live at the Line Hotel. I am your host, Sarah Jane. I'm joined today in the studio by Christian Lakey and Brett Robison. They are co-founders of the soon-to-open Silver Branch Brewing Company out of Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, So we were talking a little bit about the experience that you want your guests to have. And I feel like a lot of thought has been put into guest experience and, and what they're going to feel uh, when they are at your brewery, there is a very long word um, on your website that describes how you want your guests to feel. I'm going to let you, one of you say it so I don't slaughter it. I'll say it since I uh, speak German. It's Gemütlichkeit. Nice. <laughs> and uh, Gemütlichkeit is a uh, classic German experience and term that uh, does not have a direct translation, but we have started to translate it as a sense of coziness and camaraderie that you get when you're experiencing something amazing with friends and family. And uh, it's used a lot to, 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 to describe a room or a, a place in a time when you're just having a really a great um, interaction with, 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 with folks. And when you go to a German beer garden or a kneipe or a pub, pub in, in Britain, like Brett was saying earlier, you get this sense of camaraderie that you belong and that uh, the people you're with are just really enjoyable to be around. And that's exactly the experience that we're looking to create at Silver Branch. Um, so we've, we've taken a number of steps to try to, to create that. We are um, trying to be really inclusive, and part of that is the beers that we've chosen to make, that they're not all triple IPAs, but rather um, you know, a wheat beer in there. Uh, we've got a stout for people like dark beers, a lager, um, you know, really just a, a, a sessionable and enjoyable beers. Part of it is also the decor that we're aiming for, and um, we just really want people to feel like they don't have to be an experienced craft beer lover in order to come in and have a great time. Oftentimes... Um it's easier to define yourself by defining what you're not than it is to say exactly what you are. And so when we were forming the company and we were thinking about our brand and the types of beer that we wanted to make, a lot of it was driven around this idea, as um, Christian mentioned, of inclusivity. So we wanted to have something that would sort of speak to everyone and something that everybody felt like they could be a part of. Um, and so with that, it's kind of... Uh, 
we took hospitality in mind with the whole process of designing, you know, even the taps, we want those to be front facing so that when a bartender is pouring your beer, they're still able to engage with somebody sitting at the bar. There's servers that'll come around to people with tablets. So you can sort of come in and order beer wherever you like. And somebody's always going to come by to check on you and just see how you're doing. If you're having a good time, if, if you're mid conversation, they'll probably leave you alone. <laughs> but the, the whole idea for us is to make it incredibly welcoming and to make it just sort of open to everyone and, and a great place for people to come hang out. Um, it's, it's weird to open a brewery and think that that's sort of the secondary thing that you're going for. But in our case, it really is true. We really want to have an amazing atmosphere and an amazing experience for people. And then after that, it's okay, let's talk about the beer. And yeah. uh, one aspect of that that I think is worth noting is that we have different areas. We're, we're considering different parts of the brewery to have different um, uh, kinds of seating for different kinds of people who want a different experience. So we've got the bar, of course, and we've got some high tops uh, in a cocktail area right behind the bar. But then we have uh, a spot with all four top uh, low tables. Uh, then we have a spot that has German beer garden tables for people who are looking for more of a communal experience. And then we have a TV area for people who want to come in and watch some sports. So we're hoping by having these different sections that um, depending on whether you're looking to have an intimate conversation with one friend or whether you're looking to come out with eight friends, um, you know, we'll, we'll be, have a spot that feels right for you. I really like that. So you've obviously traveled, both of you, all over the world and experienced a lot of different really memorable brewery feelings. Uh, what are, what's one that has stood out to you that you, you know, kind of always treasure as a brewery experience? A brewery experience specifically or a beer experience? I could, I'll take either. Okay. That's fine. So like, for example, for me, uh, a couple months ago, I went down to Austin and I got to check out this place called, uh, St. Elmo, uh, brewing company. They have an amazing Kolsch. And, you know, it's a a tiny spot, you know, but they had this beautiful like outdoor area with some food trucks pulled up and it was just, you know, right day, right time, right? The food from the food trucks was really delicious. It was really vibing with the beer. There was a really cool mix of people. There were families, there was cornhole, there was music playing. I mean, it was just a really great vibe. I felt like I was part of a community, even though I didn't really know anybody there. And I wanted to spend a long time there <laughs> just because it felt comfortable and I didn't feel, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just felt at ease, you know? I think for me, given that I'm a brewer, mine's mm-hmm. going to be a bit more process oriented okay. um, because uh, I think for me, the most amazing brewery experience I had was when I um, was still working my previous, in my previous career, uh, I got a 10 week uh, sabbatical, which was a glorified vacation. And I was able to go and work with uh, Brasserie Avapur in in uh, Belgium, and not surprisingly, the brewer had lots of friends who were um, brewers, and so he got me invitations to hang out for days at different breweries around the area. So I got to spend a day brewing with uh, Saison Dupont or uh, Brasserie mm-hmm. Dupont, and just seeing the spot where all those amazing beers, which are some of my favorite beers in the world, uh, are made, and seeing that the brewery itself is not terribly sophisticated, um, but their process is just such that they make these amazing beers. And um, I just, I, I really treasure that day as a, as a really neat experience. 
Nice. I think for me it was um, in uh, Germany actually, and uh, we were. I was in uh, Frankfurt, and there's a stock exchange there. And I remember, and I was a college kid at the time, so keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. But I remember we took a tour that morning, and then we went out to lunch, and there were these guys in their business suits. They were just having a beer. It was just a totally normal thing. Like they weren't sitting there pounding beers or anything. They were just having some lunch and they had small beers and then they were going to wrap up and then go back to work. And for me, like I was, you know, we were done for the day. So I sat there with my friends and we had a couple beers, but that whole idea that beer was just a sort of normal everything. It wasn't as taboo as we sometimes have a tendency to make it here in the States for me was like a really game changer. I was like, wow, this is just so pleasing. Like knowing that this is an option available, like you can just, because it's really a flavor driven experience. What's going to go better with your lunch than beer? Probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like soda's not going to taste as good. So for me, that was kind of a really cool moment. We were just sitting outside in the sunshine and I think I was thankful to be done for the day. <laughs> so that was, that was, you know, that was one of those weird little things that you just notice and you're like, wow, like this is, this is the way people live. And I, I think I've always ascribed to want to have some, some element of that in my life. Yeah. Lunchtime beers. Lunchtime beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we brushed briefly, uh, on homebrewing a little bit. And I know that both of you are, uh, accomplished at that craft um so and we haven't talked about homebrewing in a while i'm very sorry dc homebrewers club i'll have you guys on shortly um but i just wanted to you know as we're going into the winter months if either of you have uh you know tips for homebrewers as far as kind of tackling uh, some of the more kind of wintry style beers the one thing that um i'll share that has been really illuminating for me uh Mm -hmm. now that i'm spending so much time with christian these days is I think even myself included, when when you're homebrewing, there's a tendency to focus on a lot of really technical, scientific type things that oftentimes you can get lost in those elements when really the simpler you keep it or the more you work on your process, you're still going to make good beer at the end of the day. So I try to remind myself sometimes to not get carried away with some deep science that really doesn't matter or, you know, Worrying about that would throw you off in some other way. Um, in, in a lot of ways, making good beer is a lot about just nailing your process and just keeping it simple. So that for me, that's the the lifelong homebrewing <laughs> tip is just not necessarily winter simple. specific. Just <laughs> just in general. keep it simple. I got you, Christian. So one of my favorite wintertime styles is double buck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an easy beer to brew, but not so much because of the malt character of the beer um, but just because of the fermentation so I think my tip as somebody who has been a professional brewer and somebody who got pretty good at home brewing before I decided to become a professional brewer um, when I started to get yeast from breweries that made a huge difference in my ability to brew lager at home so my tip would definitely be to reach out to a local brewery uh, whether it be a Gordon Biersch or a Rock Bottom or one of the other um, and more independent breweries around the area to ask them whether they'd be willing to share yeast with you. And most of them are really down-to-earth, easygoing guys uh, and, and gals, and they a lot of them started as home brewers. And so you'd be surprised that if you reach out and say, hey, man, would you be willing to have me come by and, and get some healthy lager yeast from you? 
as long as you bring a sanitized container and make it convenient for them, they're more than happy to help out. And suddenly, you've got the ability to ferment that uh, you know, that strong uh, lager beer at a cooler temperature and end up with a really nice malty beer. Nice. Great tip. And also, I mean, there. yeah, you're so right. The brewers in this era, area are so open to, you know, kind of helping people out and, and good about the community vibe that we got going on in the D.C. area for sure. Absolutely. I was a little surprised when I did it the first time that they were so friendly, but it was a nice surprise, and I've seen it every time since. So um, speaking to our uh, beer community here, there are some really exciting events coming up in the D.C. area. Uh, you have the Bissell Brothers Brew Showcase at Church Key, I think, on a Saturday, this coming Saturday, um, coming down from Maine. And then the second annual holiday extravaganza at Blue Jacket, don't forget December 9th, is the uh, Three Stars uh, Holiday Party. Um, and just this past uh, Saturday was the D.C. Browse Holiday Market. Did either of you get a chance to go to that at all? No, I heard it was amazing. I was so I was so bummed I missed it, but I heard it was really amazing. I'll so have to keep my eye out for that next year. Next year, next yeah. year. Um, now, as far as uh, Silver Branch Brewing Company, um, you're in your final push. Um, all of the labor pains are real, uh, but you all have a really cool program that you're doing right now, um, and that is the Founders Club. Correct. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about how they can get involved with essentially helping opening up a brewery? Well, getting involved is very easy. You just go to our website and uh, look for our Founders Club and click that link, um, and there's some information right there. But to back up a little bit, just to tell you a little bit about why people have been excited to join it, um, we've gotten a lot of questions from people just asking how they can be part of, of opening Silver Branch and it's actually been one of the more rewarding parts of this whole process is just seeing how excited people have gotten, how much they believe in our vision and want to get involved and so we created the Founders Club as a way for people to feel like they're getting in on the ground floor helping to establish this brewery so that when you come in and, and raise a glass and, and say cheers to your friend, you know that, hey, I was part of making this place real. So um, you can, uh, by signing up and, and giving us um, some amount of money now, um, you get some tangible benefits over the coming months uh, and years. You'll end up with a six-pack per month, uh, invitations to special events, a discount at the brewery. But really, first and foremost, you'll know that you were part of, of making this place happen. I think one thing that I didn't anticipate doing before um, we started the Founders Club, but I'm finding is really valuable now is I'm actually leaning a lot on the founders to sort of help me help us make some decisions like, hey, what do you what do you think will work? What what type of beers do you want to see? You know, and so having that um, that group of people who have a shared interest in in helping us uh you know, do the right thing or come up with stuff that, that they want to see is really, really um, been valuable for us. So if anybody wants to have have that kind of direct line to, to either of our ears to, to give us some feedback, then, you know, I, I welcome it. So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed about meeting some of the founders so far. Yeah, it's definitely a unique opportunity to really be a part of a brewery opening. And honestly, if you go online and you click the link and you look at what you get, I mean, aside from being part of the community, aside from being part of the opening, I mean, 
you guys are very generous <laughs> as far as the perks. <laughs> well, we know that people are generous by actually joining and, and, and giving us some money before they, in, in most cases, have had a chance to try our beer. So we definitely appreciate the fact that people have gotten involved and are, are willing to be a part of, uh, of making it happen. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm so excited for the opening. I am crossing my fingers for mid-January. I will be there with bells on first day, I promise. We look forward to that. Um, And uh, for listeners out there, definitely uh, check out the website, um, check out the Founders Club, and uh, check out Silver Branch Brewing Company when they open up. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This has been Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recorded live at the Line Hotel. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. You can find this anywhere you get your podcast. We'll see you next week. Cheers.